Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Is it showtime? Is this thing on? Could be HBO. 607. Good morning. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, who is off this week. Hope you're having a nice morning. Hope you're not roasting already. Actually, it's a lot cooler and a lot nicer right now that it's going to be, you know, pretty much all day. It was 105 <laughs> yesterday afternoon when I looked True. at the thermometer at my house. It would be really nice if uh, it could stay where it is right now. Yeah, right now it would be about, be about good for uh, anybody's golf game out there. Uh, yeah, one of those days where it's like, yep, let the dog in the house. Uh, make the kids stay inside. You're not going to go riding your bike this afternoon. It's just too hot. And I it's going to be that way today for the most part. Keep that in mind. Right some, around 100 degrees. Had some kamikaze flies that came into the house. Did you? Yes. Yeah, they're like, I, can't I, stay out here. I, I call them kamikaze because they were on their last flight, to be sure. Mm-hmm. Well. Smack and smack. This isn't a bad thing, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. <laughs> I know we have a fly season that we haven't hit just yet, but uh, Boy, and, howdy. yeah, the mosquito season is getting started, though. Mm-hmm. Um, took a little run down the green belt uh, over the weekend and certainly did see uh, some bugs out there. All right, uh, let's get into the program today. There's plenty of things in news for us to talk about. Uh, Chris Walton, I know one of the things that we have to talk about is uh, that there is a January 6th committee hearing that's going to happen today. And uh, some of the things that are going to be included in that former White House aide is going to be testifying in that Um, former White House aide Cassidy Hutchinson, who is the top advisor to former President Donald Trump's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, is expected to testify before the January 6th committee investigating the Capitol attack committee announcing yesterday that the newly scheduled hearing today would present Recently, recently obtained evidence and received witness testimony, but the committee didn't say exactly who the witness would be or what exactly was going to be said. They have now we kind of have a better idea. Yeah, they they, they have also said that there was a, a British uh, company, a British filmmaker that was following around uh, the president and some other people, and they happened to be there that day. Mm. And I think they're going to so, show some of that footage. I don't know what it you know what's on it, but uh, probably. Not something uh, to show anybody in a positive light. I did see the primetime showing the the first night they mm-hmm. had the uh, commission. I've just been taking thought, them all and watching them in primetime. Have, have <laughs> good for you. Have you seen all of the uh, commission hearings, though? Yeah, so far. Yeah, the last one I sat through when the Department of Justice uh, witnesses came and uh, yeah. gave their testimony. I'm not saying it's I the most exciting television i've ever i couldn't take my eyes off it though i'll be honest with you i thought that was the most damning testimony that they could have actually given against the former president mm. and i know that's not what everybody wants to hear i thought it was good testimony i thought it was credible and i thought it was kind of scary to be very honest i know that the former president wanted to turn the election around with good reason, I understand. But the steps that were taken, according to the witnesses that gave testimony, were pretty severe and a little spooky, a little scary. Um, I just still wonder, 
when all, when all is said and done, you know, how much will be just said and how much will actually be done. Well, I agree. I don't know that anything will come of any of it other than just try to change public opinion. The only thing that I can really take from all of this is that I was I was not confident that there was any real credible information out there about the election being stolen for as much as we'd heard about it. And after hearing not just the Department of Justice, but other witnesses, I'm pretty sure that there was no steal going on of the election. I don't think everybody that listens to this station wants to hear that. That's my opinion. Or probably agrees with it. Sure. So, I think it will be interesting to hear what this uh, witness has to say today. Of course, we'll tell you about it a little bit more tomorrow, mm-hmm. but at least know that that is going to be going on today. So that's on my radar. What about you? What are you looking at today? I don't know. I, I think that's uh, probably what I'll be watching this evening mm-hmm. uh, again, because probably I'll just tape it and watch it at some point. Uh, let's see uh, what else. Uh, the day can't necessarily revolve around television, although yesterday did, because yeah. as you said, I wasn't kidding it out. was over 100 <laughs> degrees outside. And every time I went outside, I thought to myself, you know what would be good is to do anything indoors. Absolutely. Uh, and by the way, that wasn't the easiest job in the world because, you know, kids are out on summer vacation and the last thing they want to do is sit in the house all day. They want to get out and ride their bike and go see their friends. And it's like, look, you could call your friend to come over and stay inside, but yeah, I'm, I, I'm still at that point where my kids are little. And so if they're going to be outside, I'm going to go supervise a little bit, you know, whether I'm sitting in the lawn chair in the shade or, you know, right snoozing through some of it i i will raise my hand and admit you have an obligation i have done that in the chair before while supervising uh, to be close by yeah Yeah. so uh, you know that's still part of the the dad deal right now is they need a little supervision and i wasn't about to go outside and sit in the lawn chair even in the shade it was still too hot so uh and that's going to be the case today you're going to hear a lot about that in fact because in the news you remember last week a uh in meridian there was somebody who left their dog in the car oh, yeah, that was windows were cracked not enough as it turned out and the dog was killed from being in a hot car so you're going to hear about that in did you, news did you today hear, did you hear somewhere i'm not exactly sure where it was but somebody came out to their car and a bear had crawled into the car somehow had gotten in but then couldn't get out and the bear uh kind of roasted the, the they had a dead bear in their car when they got up in the morning so the bear could get in the car. Yeah, it managed to get in but somehow. But then couldn't get out of the but car. But couldn't figure out how to get out. And it was like, again, it was 140, 150 degrees in the car. That's and, a hell of a bear trap. And the bear died. How does that happen exactly? I don't think you could plan that. I don't either. That was just, you know. No, I hadn't heard that one, Chris. Walnut. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one, my man. <laughs> I'll keep my ear out for that one next. Uh, let's jump over to sports. KBOI news time is six fourteen. Yeah, I will. I'll have some. I'll have some audio here for you in just a second. There, Nathaniel. Sports is brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Chris Walton is Fat Guys Fresh Deli pretty good. It is. There you have it, folks. That's my endorsement. Yeah, right there. mine too. It's pretty good. Yep, by the way, you can good. call Fat Guys Fresh Deli today. They will. Uh, 
make your sandwich. They will have the soup for you today. Uh, the location in Meridian, 208-855-0424. They also have a new location in Boise, 208-908-6930 is the number you can call. Open Monday through Friday starting at 1030 in the morning until 6 o'clock, and then they're open on Saturday, 1030 to 5 as well. Go see them today. Trust us. It's worth stopping by and having a sandwich at Fat Guys Fresh Deli. Let's talk basketball for just a moment. It's one of the storylines that we have talked about for a while. What's going on with the Brooklyn Nets? Those guys are crazy. They can't figure it out. They have two of the best players in the NBA in Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. And the biggest problem is they couldn't get Kyrie Irving on the on the floor half the season because he wouldn't get vaccinated. Okay, that's relevant for a lot of people that don't want to get vaccinated either. But Kyrie Irving was going to make 30-some million dollars <laughs> and had to give half of his salary back mm-hmm. for games that he wouldn't play. And then the thought was that maybe he wouldn't come back and play at all. So Woj with ESPN had this to say. Kyrie Irving was not able to land either an extension with the Nets or a sign-and-trade deal elsewhere in the NBA, specifically with the Lakers, that would have allowed him to get the long-term max dollars that he wanted. So, what will he do? He'll opt in on the $36.5 million option with the Brooklyn Nets for this upcoming season. And the Nets can still trade him if they want to, but they can't do the sign-and-trade deal that would offer Kyrie a max deal guaranteed. But he'll still make $36.5 million, whether or not he yeah, plays the, for Brooklyn at home The, the punishment or not. is not so bad. Yeah. The question here is about Kevin Durant, though, because this is the reason why he and Kyrie came to Brooklyn at all, was so that they could play together. Kevin Durant has what he did want, which was, which was Kyrie Irving back on the Nets this season. So the expectation right now is that Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving will move forward for the Nets Uh, On this roster this year, but Kevin Durant hasn't talked yet. He hasn't expressed that uh, publicly. We'll wait and see, but this is the outcome that he wanted, which was Irving back with the Nets this year, the two of them playing together. Now, I'll just wrap this up by telling you, neither of these two players are very happy with each other right now. Kevin Durant feels like he got hosed on all of this because Kyrie wouldn't play half the season. And then said he wanted to be traded, and here's where I want to go. And when that didn't work out, Kevin Durant is locked in right now with the Nets, but could easily opt out of his deal as well and go somewhere else. Kyrie, same deal, but it looks like he'll stay until they trade him. KBUI News Time is 617. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 624, glad you're with us here on News Talk KBOI. Uh, Here a little bit later, David Leroy was on the program with Nate Shellman last night. They talked a little bit about prayer in regards to one of the stories that we talked about yesterday, the uh, high school football coach. It was a Washington high school football coach, state of Washington. State of Washington, I believe, yeah. Uh, He had been at post-game going to the middle of the field, kneeling down and praying, and... Several other players joined him at midfield for post-game prayer. And it was uh, it was one of the things that they told him he could not do anymore. He continued to do and eventually got fired. His case goes all the way to the Supreme Court. 
Supreme Court rules in his favor that it is constitutional yeah. by the First Amendment. Every other court ruled against him. That but is correct. The highest court in the land said, "Yeah, it's okay." Highest court in the land's a little more conservative than it used to be, and you could, uh, you could say that. Yeah, yeah, you could. So, uh, David Leroy, who is as up on the law as anybody in this business, I think. I uh, had a few things to say with Nate Chillman about it. We'll play that for you uh, once we get into the 7 o'clock hour. I know we've got a damn near impossible question today. Uh, another $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. Uh, we've got more sports coming up. Uh, it's going to be hotter than heck today. And what else do we want to talk about? Oh, January 6th commission. That will mm-hmm. be uh, going on today. So we'll have an opportunity to talk about that. I'm just teasing ahead to some of the things that uh, uh, we'll be talking about. Um One of the other uh, pieces of information as far as the January 6th commission goes, authorities yesterday, or I'm sorry, uh, authorities seized the phone of John Eastman. He's a former attorney for Donald Trump at the center of the uh, House Committee investigation into the Capitol attack as part of the DOJ criminal probe into efforts to uh, overturn the results of the 2020 election. Uh, In that lawsuit, Eastman's attorney claims that the agent's Served the warrant on him last Wednesday evening while he was exiting a restaurant. They claim that Eastman was frisked and his iPhone was seized and that the agents made him provide biometric data to unlock his phone. <laughs> why, does, why does that sound ominous? It does sound a little ominous. But I think what they mean is either you got to use your fingerprint mm-hmm. or your, I know that my iPhone. Fa- facial recognition. Yeah, facial yeah. Res- recognition. I have the iPhone 13. Mm-hmm. I think it's what I have too. Mine, uh, I I don't like doing the facial recognition thing because, like, sometimes I have a beard, sometimes I don't, and a lot of times it just locks yeah, me. Yeah, you out. don't have a beard right now. Not I right now, that. no. Yeah, but when I when I got the phone, I had a beard, so when I shaved it off, it didn't recognize me anymore. <laughs> I thought, come on, it's the same face basically. But the um, I do use the facial recognition feature on my phone. Um, I don't mind it. Yeah. Because I don't want to have to type in the password all the dang time, which is what I was doing on my uh, Android phone. By the way, this is my first iPhone, mm-hmm. and I'm still not completely used to it yet. Mm-hmm. I've had them working on it. I've had them since they, you know, were invented. You've always done iPhone, right? Okay. I just like Apple stuff. Uh, I can't blame you. I can't blame you. Just got used uh, to it. You know, you whatever you get used to I is mean, probably what you like the, the best. Uh, the camera. I think on my iPhone is superior to what I had on Android. Mm-hmm. Um, the one feature I had on my Android that I liked, and I don't mind telling you this, I'm not giving an endorsement here necessarily. The uh, uh, I had the uh, Android Note, so I had the little uh, pen that came with it. When I w- I would scribble notes to myself, as opposed right. to typing them out, I would just you know draw myself little notes, and then it was easy to get back to. Yeah. Um, so I kind of miss that. I, I just type. I mean, I, I type faster than I scribble. So you know the other thing about iPhone that I can tell you the um the headphones yeah that I bought with my iPhone mm-hmm. it's a handy feature because Siri talks back and forth to you. Mm-hmm. I don't have to talk to my phone. I can have my phone in my pocket, right? And I can still talk with the headphones on. And the the iWatch, it's a nice little. Debbie has one of those nice little thing, and they communicate very well together. Um, so yeah, I'm getting into it, but it's still, <laughs> there's a learning curve. When, when she, f- <laughs> when she first got her iWatch, I had to get used to the fact that her phone would ring 
in a room where I was and she wasn't, and I'd be yelling at her that your phone is ringing. In the meantime, she'd be answering she'd her be watch. She'd be talking on the phone and talking to, to her somebody. watch. Yeah. yeah, it's a little Star she'd Trek. She'd say, quiet, please. Right. <laughs> news on the way for you. Sports on the way as well. KBOI News Time is 628. It's 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Mike Casper is off this week. I'm Rick Worthington, filling the chair for him poorly most of the time. But uh, Chris Walton, you're doing a really good job, so we got that going for us. Well, when you sit there, you can still see some of the chair. <laughs> I'm not going to tell him you said that, but it's, okay. it's on the air. There's a there's a record of that. Yeah, <laughs> there could be a record. Uh, glad you guys are here with us today on... KBOI. It's uh, 641. It is already 70 degrees outside. We expect it to be near 100 today, and that uh, could be an issue for those of you that are working outside and or have any plans to be out and about today. Be a nice day to go to the water park, though. Just saying. No, you know, I'm not going to the water park, but it's you know, put on a bad some, idea. Put on some sunscreen. Right. I uh, wanted to fill you in on a story that I just saw from the Idaho Capital Press. Or I'm sorry, the Idaho Capital Sun. My bad. Okay. The federal government committing to spend nearly a million dollars on six projects designed to protect and restore sagebrush habitat here in Idaho. A million dollars on sagebrush. I didn't know we had, uh, well, let's put it this way. I, I didn't know that uh, sagebrush was endangered. Well, here's my issue. And nothing uglier than sagebrush. And there's a whole hell of a lot of that stuff. Why do we need to spend any money on sagebrush? I don't know. Well, earlier that, That's this, what I was just wondering. It, yeah. it seems like there is, is quite a bit of it. I, I don't think it's ugly. I mean, we got I think it's so okay, much but... dang sagebrush between here, Nevada, Wyoming, mm-hmm. Colorado. Hell, are we spending a million dollars? This is just what we're spending in Idaho. Eastern Oregon? My God, we've got sagebrush. All right. Well, earlier this month, the Department of Interior and the Biden administration officials announced that they're spending more than $9 million per year over the next five years on sagebrush habitat. Okay. Uh, it affects Idaho and seven other states. Idaho's share of that money comes to about $991,000 or just over that for this fiscal year, 2022. I guess I'm not completely understanding the reason. For well, the- yeah. I'm I'm trying to get to that um, because they say it's incredibly important. The sagebrush is incredibly important to the ecosystem across the West. That's according to U.S. Fish and Wildlife Director. Mm, okay, Martha sense. Williams told the Idaho Capital Sun in a telephone interview. Yeah, since there's a, a lot of it, it should be important. Right. It is important for a whole number of species and important for a Western way of life. And yet at the same time, it's part of one of the ecosystems facing drought, fire, invasive species. And we are thrilled to be putting as much money and effort into its conservation as we can. Well, I've got news for you. You're going to spend a million dollars trying to keep the sagebrush sea as it is, <laughs> and there's going to be a wildfire that you're going to spend $50 million yeah, on because it's going to wipe out about half of that. But it'll grow back. But thanks for playing and spending a million dollars on that. By the way, when sagebrush does get burned, it will come back. You don't need to do anything. It'll it'll come back on its own. Fire has a way of clearing out some of the overgrown parts 
of the world where there's mine, sagebrush. friend of mine moved here from Texas, and he was uh, very impressed at how much, he, he just called it sage. He says, I'm, I'm really impressed at how much sage you have, you know, that, that, that he said, uh, down where I live, he says, people pay a, a premium to put that in their barbecue. And I said, well, it's not that expensive, but, uh, he said, uh, up here, you guys buy mesquite, which he says in Texas, we have way too much of. <laughs> well, he's not wrong. They do have a lot of mesquite out there. We, on the other hand, have sagebrush. Mm-hmm. And so much of it that you could probably go buy yourself an acre of uh, sagebrush land. Whereas I'm not, you, you know, have no and, water. And again, I'm not saying it's not worth tending. I'm just saying it looked like it was thriving pretty well without people. Yeah. I don't know why we got to spend a million dollars on that in Idaho or nine million dollars across several states but you know it sounds like i'm really against sagebrush i'm not i like it It smells great when it rains but my god i don't want to spend money on it all right time for sports it's brought to you by (laughs) fat guys fresh deli and meridian fat guys really does an excellent job uh with soup and salad in fact i think it's the best soup in town hands down now you're going to probably want to try that for yourself and figure it out on your own Friday when they do clam chowder day, I've been told best clam chowder hands down anywhere. I've been told the soup on Wednesday, the <laughs> you're baked potato, you're jalapeno allergic. potato cheddar. Yeah, I'm allergic, allergic to seafood. Shellfish. Yeah, I can't the eat shellfish, that. Yeah. I can't eat that. But um, the, the soup on Wednesday is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Check it out. Fat Guys Fresh Deli. There are two locations for you, one in Meridian, one in Boise. You can call your order in ahead of time. In Meridian, that number is 208 855 you can also call them at their location in Boise, 208-908-6930. Let's get to some baseball. The Mariners and the Orioles playing yesterday afternoon. 2-2. Two, two. Mateo swings a drive out to center field on his horse. Julio Rodriguez back at the wall. He leaps and he can't come up with it. Julio Rodriguez sits on the ground in disbelief. It's a round tripper for Jorge Mateo. Orioles continue to climb 8-1 to one in the sixth. The call on 98 Rock. Jorge Mateo hit a home run to center field, top of the sixth inning. Orioles went on to beat the Mariners by a score to 9-2. to two. The A's in the Bronx taking on the Yankees. I'll get them tomorrow. Pitch. Swung on. There it goes. Deep left field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Way back into the bleacher part in left field. A Stantonian home run. <laughs> nope, that's five. Out of his last five hits. Giancarlo. Nosey Polsco Barlow. A homer still left center. The Yankees trail 5-2. So yesterday a Judgian and today yeah. a Stantonian. Yeah. Well, by the way, Giancarlo Stanton, for my money, still the best power hitter in the game because when he gets a hold of a mic, Goodness. By the way, the Yankees came all the way back and beat the A's by a score of 9-5 to because the A's don't have any pitching. Oh, yeah. What do you know? Rockies and the Dodgers yesterday afternoon. And the pitch to Iglesias hit well to the left. This one might go. Could it be his first home run this year? It's gone! Jose Iglesias has come so close so many times hitting that first home run. Finally gets it done tonight. It's a two-run shot. Rockies up four to nothing. Denver Radio KOA Jose Iglesias. Yeah, I wonder if he can sing. Jose can, yeah. Mm. I mean the other one, Uh, but this one can hit. He had a home run to left. (laughs) Brandon Rogers, uh, 
uh, was the runner that scored in the bottom of the six. Rockies shut out the Dodgers for nothing. Uh, scores in other games. Toronto beats Boston 7-2. to Minnesota over Cleveland 11-1. to St. Louis winner. Uh, they beat the Marlins 9-zip. Uh, yeah, that was your baseball yesterday. There wasn't a full slate of games because there was a full slate on Monday. So they, you know, or I'm sorry. Today, there is a full slate of games. There wasn't yesterday. Monday's mostly a day off for baseball. KBUI Newstime, 648. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. It's time for the KBOI Medical Moment, brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho, featuring Dr. Jim Polo. Dr. Polo, good morning. Good morning. Doctor, uh, it seems like the number of people taking to social media to share their views on vaccine risks and other medical issues seems to be rising almost every single day. Are there particular posts or trends that you've heard about that uh, are starting to concern you? Well, there really are, and there's a couple worth highlighting. One recent string is about a prominent singer's facial paralysis known as uh, Ramsey Hunt syndrome and how that might be connected to vaccines and whether or not that's what's causing uh, his his challenge. And actually, from a medical perspective, the correlation is very unlikely. But the challenge is these prominent individuals are, are patient influencers. Now, that's a term I have uh, not previously heard. What is a patient influencer? Well, a patient influencer is somebody that shares their personal journey with others that are living with the same condition. So if a patient influencer is a friend from next door, uh, that might not be as significant as somebody who's known nationally uh, for whatever it is that they do. They have more influence to guide or, or to shift what people think. So to me, that sounds like a good thing, but I'm guessing that's not always a good thing, right? Well, it's not a good thing when patient influencers start to advocate for specific things. Like, for example, you've seen some uh, uh, actors and um, uh, singers that will advertise essentially for specific medications because they've used that medication. And what people don't realize is they're actually being paid to say that. And so when they're really not disclosing their endorsements that are paid, then that can be a problem. What should people do if if they come across posts from uh, these influencers? Well, there's nothing wrong with reading the post and thinking about it. But our advice is really use that as a conversation starter to talk with your personal doctor. Your personal doctor is really going to know you, your condition, and also understand what is the science out there and what's appropriate, whether it's a medication or treatment. So, you know, if there's something going on that you're hearing about related to health, always talk with your primary care doctor first. All right, doctor, changing the subject a little bit. For years, we have heard warnings about the hazards of smoking and its link to lung cancer. But now you're going to tell us that there's another health problem that we could experience if we smoke? Yes, believe it or not, it's the increased risk of broken bones. Okay, I haven't heard of that before. Uh, Any idea why smokers might develop this problem? Well, uh, the studies have indicated that it's it's showing that smoking increases um, the challenge for the body to absorb vitamin D and calcium. Those are the building blocks for strong bones. And because of that, it impairs the ability of the bones to be strong, more likely to fracture and difficulty with healing. So what's the takeaway here? Well, the real takeaway here is, once again, 
smoking is the leading cause of preventable disease. So um, in the United States, uh, you know, that leads to a lot of uh, disability and death for so many folks. If you don't smoke, don't start. If you do smoke, talk with your doctor about what resources are available to help you stop. And that includes people that are smoking e-cigarettes. Those are also bad for you. Well, that is the KBOI Medical Moment brought to you by Regents Blue Shield of Idaho. Dr. Jim Polo, thanks for joining us this morning on KBOI. Thank you. Listen to KBOI online. Go to KBOI.com and click the Listen Live button. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 7-Eleven. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today on News Talk KBOI. Circle K. (laughs) Talking about convenience stores that aren't in Boise anymore. Yeah, there is no Seven Eleven in in all of Idaho. I don't uh, I don't know where there is one. If there is, there there may be. That's that's what I heard. There are no Seven yeah. Elevens in Idaho at all, which is bad news if you like Slurpees. Um, although I think you can still get Slurpees in some Just, other place, yeah. but not at Seven Eleven. What is it? A, uh, a drink by any other name would taste just as sweet. My girls do love themselves a what's the the blue? It's um it's. It's not blueberry. It's called something else. I don't know what it is. Never mind. I shouldn't have asked because there's no 7-Eleven here and you wouldn't know. But um, might just be called blue. That's all they call it. I want the I want the blue Slurpee and that's fine because I have the red Slurpee and that's cherry and that's usually pretty <laughs> delicious. Uh, by the way, on 7-Eleven, 7-Eleven offers free Slurpees. I don't know right? if you knew that or not. On July 11th. On huh? July 11th on 7-Eleven. I'll see All Seven Eleven stores offer free Slurpees. Be as near one as possible. I mean, if you if you can. Uh, I have some bad news for folks who were planning to go see a concert tonight. Uh, the Idaho Statesman and our friend uh, Michael Deeds reporting that the rock band known as Ween, W E E N. They were scheduled to perform tonight at Outlaw Field. And uh, apparently one of the band members has COVID. Oh, well, there you go. So they won't be playing tonight. It's, that's, that's not the first show that's been uh, canceled in the last few weeks in, in various tours by people who have COVID. It just that keeps is, happening. That is correct. Now, just to roll this off, this is like the third time this particular concert has had to reschedule. Mm-hmm. They had a concert that was supposed to play last year, didn't happen. They had the concert that was supposed to happen again, and they rescheduled, and now they've rescheduled again. Uh, they'll play in a week from today, at least that, according to what I've seen from the newspapers, uh, as well as where they're reporting this if, comes if from, the, which is the Idaho Botanical Garden website. If, if, the, if the one uh, musician is uh, over COVID by then, or are they just going to play for sure? As far as I know, they're going to play for sure next week Okay, at Outlaw Field. If you were planning on going to the show tonight, you're going to want to, you know, take a look at what you're doing on the 5th now because that's when they'll play the day after 4th of July. If you don't want to go to the show on the 5th, you can get a refund or you can get something, uh, but the window closes Friday the 1st. So make plans ahead of that. The other thing I can tell you is that there was a show of Ain't Misbehaving. Mm-hmm. That's the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. And they were supposed to open the the show Ain't Misbehaving like a week and a half ago. Same thing happened to them, huh? COVID within the company, 
and they had to cancel the opening week. And they thought that they were going to play this weekend, and they had to drop it back uh, a few more days. So Idaho Shakespeare Festival show Ain't Misbehavin' will open tonight. Oh, okay, good. So if you had tickets for tonight, you're good. If you had tickets for the weekend or anything last week, during what was supposed to be the first week's run of that show, you can still you know, get a refund or you can schedule for a different day, but you'll have to uh, check with the Idaho Shakespeare Festival to do all that. I tried really hard to get tickets to see Much Ado About Nothing. That was mm-hmm. the first show that the Idaho Shakespeare Festival was running, and I uh, didn't get an opportunity to do that. I think Ron O'Brien went, but I didn't get a chance to go. I'm not angry with him by any means. I'm just saying if you want to know about it, you have to ask him. The Ashland, Oregon Shakespeare Festival, which is a pretty well-known Shakespeare Festival oh, as they as yeah, they come. One of the biggest. Uh, they've got a production of The Tempest that I'm trying to get tickets to run out and go see. If you've never seen The Tempest, that's one of the more popular Shakespeare performances. Everybody's got to go see Prospero do the do the monologue, and uh, you know that's a thing. Sometimes. Chris, uh, when people put on the Tempest, the uh, uh, special effects are pretty good, but not always. Is there a Shakespeare performance that you would go see? Is, do you have like a number one? This is the show that I really want to go see. Uh, one that I'm looking. And maybe to you're not into Shakespeare. Seen? I don't know. I'm just saying. No, I, I like Shakespeare. I'm I was just... a I was a theater and speech performer in mm-hmm. college, and so I like Shakespeare. Um, it took me a while to get uh, a handle on the language. And, and the cadence that go along with Shakespeare. Mm-hmm. But after you kind of get that, you're good. So I like Shakespeare productions, but that's just me. I like uh, Romeo and Juliet. I like Henry V. Those are all I good like ones. Richard Third. I like. I do like The Tempest. And, okay. And what, what's funny is most of these I've seen in movie form, not on stage. Well, that's, that's relevant, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, it is time for sports. It's brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys doing sandwiches. They do soup, and they're really, really good at both of those. Uh, stop by and see them today. Make your plans for lunch at Fat Guys Fresh Deli in Meridian. I uh, want to let you guys know there is another Boise State recruit that has been landed. It's the first 2023 commitment from an Idaho recruit, and it came yesterday in the form of a Waihee offensive lineman Carson Rasmussen announcing his commitment on Twitter, becoming the eighth member of the Broncos 2023 class and the fifth recruit to commit in the past week. Idaho Statesman tells us Boise State picked up four commitments in four days last week. You had running back uh, Jamboree's Breezy Dunbar, and then that was followed by wide receiver Jackson Greer Wednesday, Cornerback Franklin Johnson Jr. joining on Thursday, and then offensive tackle Kyle Cox committing on Friday. Well, Carson Rasmussen, 6'5, 300 pounds, senior to be, had scholarship offers from San Diego State, from Air Force, from Army, from Idaho, Idaho State, and Portland State. Boise State lands the three star offensive lineman, and that's a good thing for Boise State. KBOI News Time is 718. Time for the Morning Market Report. Powered by CapEd Credit Union. Keeping you informed about your money before the market opens. Sponsored by Tree City Advisors. On News Talk, KBOI. 
Boise. Well, let's find out what's happening with the market today. Jeremiah Bates joins us here this morning on News Talk KBOI. What you know today, Jeremiah? <laughs> what do I know today? Hopefully a little uh, bit more uh, than uh, yesterday. Uh, um, no, I love it, to count. I was yeah, just thinking we, that. You said we got like all three. We, we got all three major U.S. indexes, at least the futures market in positive territory. We saw a similar scenario yesterday. Uh, the market gave back the gains, uh, likely, but we got a few different dynamics hitting right now. We have uh, price per oil. It's extending a bit. Now, this is largely in part due to your major producers, and particularly OPEC, Saudi Arabia, UAE. They basically said that uh, they have spare capacity. Now, this is obviously what they're saying. So that's uh, obviously weighing on the price a bit because the less capacity that they have to produce, the less supply, the more the price is going to drive up. Additionally, you have China coming out and easing their COVID containment restrictions. So it's kind of boosting expectations that you're going to see a bit of a recovery in the world's largest or the world's second largest economy. And that's also kind of adding into that expectation that, you know, that activity might increase a little bit in China, which is also weighing on that price of oil a bit as well, increasing that cost. Um, Interesting as well. We're starting to see home price um, home price increases slowing. It was very slight slowing down. Okay, in April I think it, it dropped. It was about two tenths, a one percent, so 0.2 percent. But it's a first kind of potential sign that we're starting to see a trend of cooling in home prices. Another big thing in the market too was yesterday. You have uh, your big banks, Morgan Stanley, Goldman Sachs, Bank of America, and Wells Fargo. They all hiked their dividends. Now, this came after the bank stress test. So the U.S. Federal Reserve, every year they do a bank stress test and they they uh, pass that test with, uh, with flying colors. Um, so basically, these banks, they can really weather, they can withstand a severe economic downturn, gave them a clear bi- uh, bill of health. So it really gives these banks the ability to redistribute excess capital to shareholders. So you have uh, Bank of America and Wells Fargo kicking out some significant dividend increases. So if you hold on to those positions, this is a, this is a good day because that means you just get more of a quarterly payout uh, in the form of a dividend. It, it, it does, anything wrong with that. I it know it that. does seem like there are some banks doing well, uh, raising their dividends. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's, you know, with, with banks, you, you got to look at, um, you know, certain categories, certain industries, certain sectors, they, they kind of live in that space where, you know, generally, if, if you're looking at a technology stock, like say a Micron or an Apple, you're not necessarily buying those companies or those stocks to get a dividend. You're looking for long-term growth because they're going to take those profits and reinvest it in research and development to develop new technologies and grow in the long term. Traditionally with financials, they're going to redistribute those gains that they get to the shareholder in the form of dividends. But you also have some banks that didn't raise their dividends. You have JP Morgan. Uh, They were not one of those included that did raise their dividend as well. So it's kind of a pick and choose spot, but generally financials, it's a great space to be if you're a value investor looking for consistent uh, dividends to be paid out, and they're clearly lifting them as they're getting some profits. Little Birdie tells me you're going on vacation. What the heck? <laughs> Taking some time off, some R and R, my friends. So Whatever. we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have my so colleagues, the, the the rest of the Real Money Pros team cover. So Kent Owings and Nick <laughs> Daniels, they'll be covering for the week, and I think one day <laughs> next week as well. Okay, well I'll pick on them a little bit, but not a whole bunch. I mean, just <laughs> just enough to make them feel like they're part of the team, and then. Yeah, just take it easy on him. All right. <laughs> Jeremiah, have yourself a great time. Enjoy your 4th of July weekend. We'll miss you. Talk to you Thanks, soon. Thanks, Jensen. Okay. I appreciate bye-bye. it. KBY News Time, 727.
Drive Home Live and Local with Nate Shellman this afternoon at 3. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Sports coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Catch up on uh, a couple of things where that is concerned. It was not a huge sports day, but we'll catch up on a few things that went on in sports. That's coming up here in just a couple of minutes. Uh, There is some newsy items that uh, we should probably catch you up on today, which is number one. There is going to be another January 6th hearing today. And as we understand, a former White House aide is going to testify today, Chris. Do you know much about this yet? I, I, I don't know much about it. In fact, this is an aide I hadn't even really necessarily heard of. Well, usually you don't, you yeah. know. You you hear about who the person is that's holding the office. In this case, it's an aide for the president's chief of staff, Mark Meadows, who most people have heard of. And this is an aide to Mark Meadows that is going to testify today. Uh, so, you know, we'll get an opportunity to hear what that's about. But we don't know what she's going to say. And typically speaking, when we go into the day of testimony, we have at least kind of an idea of what <laughs> what the direction of that is going to be. So uh, what else do we know about the committee hearing today? What else do we know about it? Yeah. I mean, uh, we know that they're they're going to have this aide testify, but didn't you say that there was maybe going to be some video shown from a There is. There's a, there is apparently a a British uh, company that was following the president around and and filming pretty much or videotaping whatever everything he was doing that day and so i've been told that uh today they're going to show some of that footage now what's on it i have no idea right my guess is that they're showing it because there must be something they think is incriminating on it otherwise why would they show yeah it? they wouldn't show it otherwise okay so that's happening today i saw something I don't know how interesting you're going to find this. I, I found it a little interesting that Russia today announced they are banning the wife and daughter of President Joe Biden from entering their country in response to uh, widening sanctions against Russia. The foreign ministry said 25 names were being added to the country's stop list, including <laughs> the president's wife and daughter, Ashley. My guess is they'll get over it. Wife, Jill, and daughter, Ashley, excuse me. Uh, It also banned entry to four senators who were identified as responsible for the formation of the U.S. Russo-Fosbic course. I don't know what this is. Clearly, I can't speak to what that is, but it's uh, Mitch McConnell, Susan Collins, uh, Ben Sass, and uh, Kirsten Gilbrand. Gilbrand. Mm Mm-hmm. List also includes uh, some prominent academics, including Oh Francis Fukuyama, uh, noted for his book "The End of History and the Last Man," that uh, talked about the spread of liberal democracies that could mark the ultimate development of society. I don't know why the Russians don't want him there, but apparently they don't want him there. So, <laughs> you know. I guess the matter of taste. I guess the president and his wife and daughter are not going to be headed to uh, Russia anytime soon. So they got that going for them. Time for sports. It's been brought to you by Fat Guys Fresh Deli and Meridian. Fat Guys always has you hooked up for lunch. 
Now, if you haven't made lunch plans for today and you haven't been there, do yourself a favor and stop by Fat Guy's Fresh Deli. Order the soup. Doesn't matter what it is. You're going to like the soup. Sandwiches are always gigantic, and you probably want to take some home with you after that because it's just too big. You get a big old sandwich, you get a bowl of soup, you're going to be full. But more than that, you know, you might have a little lunch for the next day as well. Uh, Fat Guy's Fresh Deli at two locations, both in Meridian uh, and in Boise as well. So uh, in sports today, there are plenty of things that are going on. We had uh, mentioned uh, something that's been going on with the Brooklyn Nets. The question about these two superstars that they have on their team that have really not played together very much. Well, Kyrie Irvin told The Athletic he is going to opt in with the Nets now instead of being traded because nobody traded for him. Mm-hmm. Nobody really wanted to bring him in at $36.5 million next season. But the Nets are going to have to pay it now unless they are able to move him. Here's ESPN's Adrian Woj, who has more on that. Kyrie Irving was not able to land either an extension with the Nets or a sign-and-trade deal elsewhere in the NBA, specifically with the Lakers, that would have allowed him to get the long-term max dollars that he wanted. So Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving appear like they're going to play together for the Nets next year. Mm Mm-hmm. But it's not sure that Kevin Durant is going to stick around. It's not a sure thing that they're not going to move Kyrie Irving if they can do it. Well, are they still going to, going to require him to get a shot? Because That's really part of the question. My guess if, is he still if it's necessary want to. and he's not going to play half the season. Well, he why have him? He gave up thirty six million or at least part of that because he didn't want to get a shot. Right. So my guess is he's not going to just you know wake up with a whim going. I think I'll get a shot today after all. Uh, There's another story, this in tennis, that also has to do with kind of the same thing. Novak Djokovic, he spoke to reporters yesterday after he won his first round match at Wimbledon. And he spoke about the possibility that he could be kept out of the upcoming U.S. Open because he has also not received the COVID vaccination. And in order to play in the U.S. Open, you've got to have the shot. So he might not play in the U.S. Open, regardless of how he plays in Wimbledon, because... Mm -hmm. You're not getting the shot. He says he'll worry about that next week. Right now, he's just focused on Wimbledon. KBOI News Time is 748. For your Google Play, simply say, Hey Google, play 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Glad you're hanging out with us on News Talk KBOI at 753. We'll have news at the top of the hour for you. We'll have some local news at the top of the hour for you. And, of course, we'll be talking about weather throughout the morning because it's going to be hot again today. Going to be doing a little bit of uh, traffic and weather here in about three minutes. After that, I will give the damn near impossible question for today. Somebody was very upset that we didn't give the damn near impossible question earlier, Chris. We ran out of time at 6.59. So usually we give kind of a heads up and then somebody gets on Google so they can be a part of the winning later on. And Mm -hmm. I'm down with that. I, I don't have any problem with you. You know, not knowing the answer to the question and having to look up the answer. That's fine. Part of the game. But yeah, yeah she sure. was she was not happy that you didn't give the question. And I blamed you. I threw you under the bus. That's fine. Okay. I was definitely the one who didn't give the question. <laughs> I was definitely the one who didn't give you time. Yeah, well, okay, that too. <laughs> uh in any case, we'll we'll have those here for you in a second. Uh we're going to 
um, have a, a little bit of something from Nate's show yesterday. Um, he spoke with David Leroy, who is Chris? Who's David Leroy? He is the lead singer of Van Halen. No, wait, that's David Lee Roth. David Lee Roth. Uh, David yeah. Lee Roy used David to be Leroy. the uh, Idaho State Attorney General and was also the Lieutenant Governor uh, back when I was in high school, actually. And I would say that he is an expert when it comes to legal affairs. Yeah, he's been doing uh, it for a while. Constitutional uh, matters, especially. And he came in and spoke with Nate a little bit yesterday in uh, one of the stories we told you about early in the day, which was the Supreme Court ruling on a First Amendment case Mm -hmm. dealing with a high school football coach. The high school coach in question was fired from his job. He was told, no more going to the middle of the field after the game, kneeling down and praying. No more doing that because you're influencing your players and they feel pressured to come out and kneel at the center of the field with you to pray, especially some of those who don't feel comfortable doing that we have to respect them and therefore no more praying at midfield okay and he, in fact they even to court they even told him uh, feel free to do that on the sidelines yeah well he took it to court lost his original case mm-hmm. and appeal and argued it all the way to the supreme court who favored what he had to say about it said it is constitutional. You can go to midfield if you want to. Yeah, basically so. uh, what they said is this guy going to midfield, kneeling and praying, and the players joining him does not constitute the government establishing a religion. Nate Shellman smartly called David Leroy and said, I've got some legal questions for you, sir. And David Leroy came on and gave him uh, uh, you know, a little schooling on the mm-hmm. Constitution and some other things. So we'll hear from that when we get into the... Uh, Eight o'clock hour as well. We'll take a break. We'll come back. The question is up next. Stand by for the damn near impossible question. It's 756. The Great One. Mark Levin. Tonight at 7. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris. Live and local on News Talk KBOI. 757 now on News Talk KBOI. Once again, I'm Rick Worthington filling in for Mike Casper this week. Mike will be back next week. But he won't be back on Monday. Yeah, we get that off for the 4th of July. Yeah, it's a holiday. So, you know, it'll be a week from today when Mike comes back. He's taking advantage of that extra as, day off. As my cousin said years ago, hey, Independence Day and the 4th of July are on the same date this year. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what could I say? Yes, yes, they are. We've got uh, a damn near impossible question. I should probably mention that. Yeah. The uh, Casper and Chris damn near impossible question the number you want to call, not right now, but in about 20 minutes, is 208-336-3700. You will win a $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue. If you get the answer correct, and we take your answer on the air, because not everybody can win. Brought to you by Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, Silverhawk Realty, a local company with a global network for all your real estate needs. Call 208-888-4128. The question, 47 years ago today, at the PGA Western Open Golf Tournament, uh, just outside Chicago in Illinois, Lee Trevino made headlines. What notable thing, other than playing golf, did he do that day? 47 years ago today, at the Western Open uh, Golf Tournament in Illinois, Lee Trevino made headlines for doing what? And it you, wasn't And it wasn't for playing golf. You may begin your Google searches now, <laughs> folks. By the way, uh, the $50 gift certificate to R&R Barbecue is 
worth something. I mean, I, yeah, it's worth 50 bucks, but exactly, the barbecue yeah. there is. I, I was going to barbecue last night, Chris. Mm-hmm. Too hot. Just told the girls, let's find something to bring in because I'm not going to go out just there and throw the meat out. On get, the I mean, you could just put it outside it. Yeah, on, exactly. on the on the patio and it would have fried up. More but, than uh, yeah, I wasn't about to uh, go that direction either. So, yeah. Uh, a little barbecue, not having to sit in front of the barbecue is going to be worth it all the same. The brisket is really good there. Had that. Had the chicken there. Mm-hmm. It was terrific. And I had one of those baked potatoes where they put a little bit of the the stuff on there, too. Mm-hmm. It's about the biggest baked potato I ever had in my whole life. Cool. Huge. So check that out. I, I had. Uh, I looked at the weather, and then I had some microwave taquitos. Well, that's not the way I would go, but okay, R&R would be I, better. I just like those. It's 8 o'clock. Be a part of the show at 336-3700 or toll-free 1-800-529-KBOI. Now, back to Casper and Chris on News Talk KBOI. 807, glad you're with us on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for my Casper this week, along with Chris Walton. Yesterday afternoon, our friend Nate Shellman, who was also our boss, spoke with David Leroy, a legal expert, guy who is... Uh, for sure, been around, knows a thing or two about things of... Uh, Used to be the Idaho Attorney General and Lieutenant Governor. That is true. So yeah, he knows uh, a few things about the law. And we had an opportunity to ask him about a few things in regards to a uh, suit that the Supreme Court decided on yesterday in regards to the First Amendment. Once again, Nate Shellman speaking with David Leroy. Joined on the phone right now from the uh, from the halls of justice, David Leroy. Welcome in, sir. Thank you, sir, and uh, good afternoon to you and your listeners, Nate. So, and, and and I've been texting you back and forth today, which I I have to ask on a personal basis, knowing that you have the legal expertise you do. How many people have been driving you nuts from last week into today? Hey, what'd you think about this? What'd you think about that? What'd you think about this? Did you expect this? Did you think they were going to rule that? How has the past week been for you with the Supreme Court rulings? A lot of queries, uh, and this is certainly the exciting season, and I believe they've got five or six more cases uh, in which they will issue decisions between now and the conclusion of the term. So it ain't over yet. I jumped to one hell of a conclusion today, and I said, hey, uh, when I texted you, I said, hey, uh, does this ruling mean that a teacher can pl- can pray in a public classroom under the under the understanding that they do it the same way the coach did you know you can invite people but you can't make anybody you can't grade a kid based on whether they did or did not pray but can they can they do it in the classroom on school time before class well my brief reply to you texting back was uh, it's entirely possible i think that a teacher could, in a classroom, uh, at a time when uh, not actively instructing, take, uh, as the court here in this case uh, set up, uh, make a brief, quiet, personal religious observance that is non-disruptive of the class by uh, standing in the corner or turning away, uh, probably... uh, uh, I guess it in some way that wasn't shocking, even maybe maybe Neil to so do. But remember, we are dealing in a in a different arena, uh, a public uh, football uh, stadium or field is much more open and 
uh, a, a broader range of uh, distance and view shed, et cetera. So the teacher, I think, to, to be non-disruptive uh, would have to be very brief, very quiet, and very personal about that religious observance. But I think the answer is, uh, in all likelihood, yes. David Leroy joining us on the phone, and I, in, in holding true to what I do, sir, and that is I make the worst comparisons available. Um, once upon a time, there was a, a debate whether or not smokers should be docked pay for taking too many cigarette breaks. Mostly, you know, the, 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 no, no company, probably outside of R.J. Reynolds, pays any worker to smoke or to go outside when they're not working and have a cigarette. Would there be would there be rational limitations on length, duration, when, where, so on and so forth that you could see coming down that that a employer, a school district, could place upon teachers? Well, those uh, those limitations, I think, are implied in the language that the court used today: brief, a quiet, and personal. Uh, all seem to imply that there's no disruptive of a, uh, no disruption of essential function, and uh, I would expect those to be very strictly construed in terms of what might be uh, required inside a school building, as as opposed to what might be more liberally allowed on a football field after a game, uh, technically after the coach's job is done or nearly done, et cetera. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's not going to get carried away, and I don't. Uh, I don't think the the battle is going to be about which religion can or which religion can't, or what symbol uh, is appropriate, uh, what symbol is not. Instead, the the real the significance of this decision is not so much confined to, to school classrooms or school fields, but it signals that we're probably going to take a look at what the founders of the uh, Republic intended in this constitution when they said we shall not, uh, or we shall not allow a state to establish a religion. We're going to go back to uh, what's established and what's merely incidental personal practice. And that may be a useful dialogue. Just like there won't be a Church of America in, in as far as the official uh, uh, church of the country or a Church of Idaho as the official Church of Idaho or an official doctrine. Uh, exactly, and that's what the founders were reacting to in, in requiring the Constitution to have language of this nature. There have been far too many state religions, uh, uh, first in England from which we sprang, and then some of the subsequent uh, colonies had the same either uh, – strength or offense, depending upon your point of view, but we can't establish state religions and our state schools can't promote a state religion, but uh, we're going to carve out, it seems to me, uh, personal preferences that can be brief, quiet, and personal. However, the any employer gets to say what you can or can't do while on the clock. Schools... Uh, the departments, any state department of whatever can say this is this behavior is allowed, this behavior isn't. If you feel the need to pray, do so before work or before your workday starts. And yeah, you could do that at your desk if you please. Is that is that rational? Yeah, I think that's I think that's rational. We're not going to lower any performance standards or conduct standards generally uh, in terms of the impact of this religious personal 
expression decision. The employer still controls the delivery of effective services by its employees. Once again, David Leroy speaking with our good friend Nate Shellman yesterday afternoon and trying to, uh, you know, figure out exactly what the Supreme Court decision was, why they did so. I think we get a pretty good indication from that. A good answer and a a good attorney's answer when uh, asked, you know, about uh, can a teacher pray in the classroom? And he says, well, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) It kind of looks like maybe they can. Can I quote you on that? Uh, We have the damn near impossible question coming your way here in just a couple of minutes. Stand by for that. We also have news on the way at the top at the, uh, excuse me, the bottom of the hour for 830. So a few things to take care of. Stand by. KBOI News Time is 815. Tonight at 10, it's Michael Knowles. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. We're glad you're hanging out with us today at 821. It is time for our damn near impossible question. It's something we do just about every day this time of day. Damn near every day. Yeah. Damn near impossible question. <laughs> I got right. to tell you, that but, still makes me uptight to say that. I know. I was taught not to say that when I, I was a kid. Me too. Let's get to it. We've got a question and we've got a prize and it's brought to you by. Berkshire Hathaway. Mm -hmm. Berkshire Hathaway Home Services Silverhawk Realty, recent winner of the Circle of Excellence Award. They are ranked as the number 44 best Berkshire brokerage in the world, including three continents and 12 countries. The question, 47 years ago today, which would be June 28th, 1975, at the PGA Western Open Golf Tournament in Illinois, just outside Chicago, Lee Trevino made headlines. What notable thing? Other than playing golf, did Lee Trevino do that day? All right. Now you know. Let's get to our callers. Kevin, you're first up. Thanks for calling us on KBOI this morning. How you doing? Good. Kevin, appreciate it. Yes. Do you have an answer for us, and do you think it's correct? Yes. You do? Are you sure? <laughs> I'm pretty sure. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm just stalling. Go for it. Why don't, Kevin, why don't, give us an answer. What happened? Why don't we get to the actual yeah. He was struck by lightning. He was, in fact, struck by lightning. You yes, he was. You're absolutely right. Now, be honest, Kevin. Did you know that he was hit by lightning, or did you look it up? You know, I actually remembered that. Mm-hmm. Did you? look it up. That ages you, my man. You should have said, no way, I had to look it up. I'm not that old. Lee Trevino was uh, struck by lightning. He suffered injuries to his spine. And he had to uh, have surgery to remove a damaged spinal disc, but back problems continued to hamper his play. Uh, however, he was still ranked second in the uh, world golf rankings no uh, in 1980 behind Tom Watson. So a few years later, he was doing just fine. Nice job, Kevin. We're going to hook you up, and you're going to be excited about this. Have you been to R&R Barbecue before? I haven't. Well, this is, this is going to be... Uh impressive you're gonna like what you find over there i'm telling you right now the brisket can't miss i like the uh spicy barbecue sauce that they have with the brisket if you're not into spicy that's cool i'm just telling you it wasn't too bad check it out oh i am right on (laughs) we'll get some information from you hang on one second for the rest of you guys we'll have another damn near impossible question for you tomorrow morning uh we try and give you a heads up on what the question is just before the top of the hour going into eight o'clock Sometimes just before 7 o'clock, too. So we give you plenty of time to check it out. And then, of course, we give you the opportunity to answer just before 8.30. Uh, news on the way for you. 
Uh, local news on the way for you, that is. We'll have uh, your uh, national headlines for you at the top of the hour. More on that January 6th commission. There is another one today, so stand by for that. KBOI News Time is 824. Remember, if you missed any part of Casper and Chris this morning, check out their podcast on the KBOI app or on KBOI.com. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. And it's 837 on News Talk KBOI. Again, Mike Casper is out this week. He'll be back next week on Tuesday because we're all off on Monday for the 4th of July holiday. Had a little news about shots and uh, for once, it's not COVID shots. You don't have to look very far to hear all about supposedly negative side effects tied to various vaccines. Now, researchers from UT Health Houston, University of Texas Health System, are flipping the script. Their report reveals that the flu vaccine may offer a very attractive side effect, protection against dementia. What? The flu shot? The study finds individuals who received at least one flu vaccine were 40% less likely than non-vaccinated people to develop Alzheimer's disease over the course of a four-year span. To reach this finding, researchers compared Alzheimer's risk among patients vaccinated against the flu Hmm. and those who had not. A large nationwide group of Americans older than 65 took part in the study. That's that's nice. You know, I've heard of... Uh, in several occasions, having dealt with quite a bit of different medications over the last few years, um, that there are certain benefits of medications that are they're not really designed to do that one particular thing. Like like in this case, Alzheimer's. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really more to make sure that you don't get the flu, but there's an added benefit to it. Right. There have been several times where they've given us a medication, I say us, meaning my wife and or my son, that had received a medication. They say, okay, this medicine is meant to um, not make you nauseous. However, it may also have this other side benefit. It doesn't make you nauseous, but it yeah. it also is when, uh, meant to keep your anxiety down or something when, along uh, those lines. When, when the side effect is a positive one, that eventually just becomes listed as an effect. Yeah. However, there have also been, you know, plenty of times where they've given us, given us a medication and said, oh, by the way, this may, you know, right. make you run to the bathroom occasionally. You know, you may have uncontrollable bowel issues for the next couple of years. Yeah. This you will know. prolong your life by a couple of years, but the entire time will be spent on the toilet. <laughs> so, you know, not all drugs have uh, added benefits, but when they do, it's awful nice. Yeah. Uh, did you hear about this? NASA is uh, trying to figure out where the rocket came from that just crashed into the moon. NASA says astronomers noticed the rocket on a collision course with the moon last year. It crashed March 4th and left a double crater. At least 37 NASA rocket bodies have created spacecraft impacts on the moon, little craters. This is the first time any one of them ever caused two craters with one rocket, but NASA says... Two large masses on each end of the rocket may have caused the two craters, and so far, no country has taken responsibility for the rocket. They don't know whose rocket it was. That's disconcerting. Yeah. Um, no, I had heard no, about the double crater, but I had not heard yeah. that nobody knew where it came from. No no planet has claimed it either. Oh. Just, just in case that. Oh. Well, the Chinese did contact extraterrestrials, extraterrestrials, mm. whatever I just said, <laughs> those two. Uh, so, ETs. I mean, yeah. 
maybe the Chinese can ask, you know, did you have anything to do with that? Mm-hmm. The Americans that you'd like to know. More uh, studies here. A World Health Organization official, uh, the guy's name is David Nabarro, and he said on Monday that the more times an individual gets infected with COVID-19, the more likely they are to be unlucky and contract long-term health effects from the virus. If you get it once, maybe you'll get long-term effects. Maybe you won't. If you get it twice, it's more likely you will. A third time, it's very likely that you will. Okay. Long COVID happens to someone who gets sick from COVID-19, uh, then maintains their symptoms for an extended period of time. The U.S. Centers for Disease Control and Prevention say symptoms could last weeks or months and even could uh, come and go, and it, they'll go away and come back, they say. found a local story that I'll share with you. Uh, this just came out from Zoo Boise. Zoo Bo- Boise is inviting everyone to the Red, White, and Zoo celebration on Saturday, uh, celebrating uh, three very special birthdays at the zoo, including the uh, birth of our nation as well. Uh, zoo Boise's spider monkey, Elvis, is turning 60. On, on July 2nd? That's what they said. Elvis is turning 60. You know who's turning 80 that day? Who? Paul J. Schneider. That's right. He is. It's his birthday. Mm-hmm. And another monkey, too. Sorry, Paul J. Couldn't help it. <laughs> That's going to get me in trouble I, next time I see him. Hey, it, it was bad. Worthington, ju- you remember it that was, monkey crack you it made? Was, uh, it was bad Boom. juxtaposition, but I was just yeah. trying to point out that it is, in fact, his birthday. Uh, they have a tortoise that is also having a birthday. They say it's his... Mr. Mac is the tortoise, mm-hmm. that it's his 100th birthday. Wow. I mean, I don't know if that's true or not. Well, they but, can't. I mean, be, that's a big birthday the, to have. The big tortoises can live like, what, 150, years. Yeah, they, they can. Years. They absolutely can. Um, as long as they don't, you know, get out on the highway much. Under human care, spider monkeys have a lifespan of 20 to 40 years. So Elvis turning 60, they say, is a big deal. Yeah. Uh, the tortoise, have they have been known to live more than 150 years, and... Maybe the longest living of all animals, although they, it's it's hard to prove that. They never stay with their original owners. Right. So they don't know for sure if, you know, how long these tortoises will or won't live. But yeah. uh, they've been studying them, and they say, you know, 150 years isn't really a an incredible thing. So at Red, White, and Zoo, guests are encouraged to dress in their favorite red, white, and blue or animal-themed outfits There'll be a costume contest and a parade for those who are all dressed up. Plus, there'll be entertainment, some live music, opportunities to watch zoo animals rip open their presents. Mr. Mac encounters butterflies in bloom, games, activities, vendors. It's a press release. I'm just trying to tease it up. Red, white, and zoo happening from 9 a.m. to 10 p.m. on Saturday, July 2nd at Zoo Boise with the uh, admission at 4 p.m. Uh, more information, you can go to the zoo and they'll tell you all yeah. about it on the website. Sounds fun. So, there you go. I, always rem- always I pimped me of the up old- the press release as hard as I could, guys. Always reminds me of the old joke, a guy walking down the street carrying a python, and somebody says, where are you going with that? He says, I'm taking him to the zoo. And the next day, he sees the same guy still carrying the same python. He says, I thought you took that to the zoo. And he says, I did. Today, we're going to the movies. <laughs> <laughs> That's an old dad joke. Oh. I think my old dad taught me that one. Chris Walton, you have jokes stored up from years and years ago. I'm glad you have some recall on those things. Although some of them, 
well, Nathaniel holds the title for worst jokes in the studio, <laughs> but, uh, you know, we've got that going for us. All right. Uh, we'll tell you more about the, what's the, going on with the, the January difference. 6th commission coming up here the, in just a few minutes. The difference is I can tell mine on the air. That's correct. Yeah. Nathaniel's jokes, not so much. My joke, I think I could have told earlier, but I'm not going to. Okay. It's a little on the racy side. All right. KBOI News Time is 845. Download the 670 KBOI app for your smartphone for free. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. Nine minutes until nine o'clock on News Talk KBOI. Again, Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper today, along with Chris Walton. Glad you're here with us. Uh, going to tell you a little bit about something that's happening today. It's going to dominate news headlines a little later on. We assume, unless something else bigger comes up. Today, Cassidy Hutchinson is the name you'll hear. She's an aide to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows and a witness to many critical events and conversations. And she is going to testify publicly today before the Select Committee investigating the January 6th U.S. Capitol attack. Her planned appearance was first reported by Punchbowl News. I'm not familiar with them. Are you? Punchbowl News? Any um, idea? They have something to do with ladles. Okay. Hutchinson, stop it. Hutchinson has already been interviewed by the committee behind closed doors, and video clips from her deposition uh, have been featured by the panel during earlier hearings. But her live testimony would mark a very significant moment in the committee's series of hearings as Hutchinson has long been considered one of their most consequential witnesses due to her proximity to the former president, Donald Trump, then White House chief of staff as well. That was her boss, Mark Meadows. The appearance was hastily arranged on a week where no public activity had been anticipated, and a public hearing was announced by the committee just 24 hours before it was set to begin. So we were under the impression that there wasn't going to be anything else with these committee hearings until after the 4th of July weekend next week. So at the last minute, they're like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get this done. So that's why they're having does this that, today. Does that make you feel like maybe whatever's going to happen today will be somewhat inconsequential if they really didn't have it planned to begin with? I don't know. Uh, I mean, you could read it that way, Chris. You absolutely could. And how much of what she'll say is as consequential as they want us to believe it is, I don't know that either. I can only tell you that the hearing that we saw last week, the the three witnesses from the Department of Justice, their testimony was pretty damning. That really drove home the point they were trying to make that Donald Trump was a little bit unhinged after the election, that he kept bringing conspiracy theories to their doorstep, that they investigated all of them, and that there was no credence or evidence or anything else that could suggest that there was a stolen election. If you believe their sworn testimony last week, they looked into all of it, and none of it was good for the president at the time. All right. Now, that's what they said. So, again, I don't know that they would bring this person to give live testimony if what they had wasn't somewhat consequential to their case. Yeah. 
And if the person wasn't saying, you know, what what fit with right. their story about what happened, right. they probably would not put them on the stand. So here's what they're going to do. They're going to bring her in and they are going to pound her with questions about what did you see? What did you hear? Who said it? When was it said in proximity to the attack on the Capitol? What do you know about it? What did Mark Meadows know about it? What did the President of the United States know about it? Who called him that day? And she may have something to say about, I would think, who called and asked about some of those uh, pardons that we heard about last week. Because that was one of the things that came out is who was asking for a pardon and why they were asking for it. Somebody was saying yesterday, you know, you wouldn't ask for a pardon unless you thought you were guilty. Well, No, I think you would ask for a pardon if you thought somebody was going to find you guilty, even if you're not. That's correct. I, I would agree with that. And there were several members of the House, Republican members of the House, that were a part of that. Allegedly. <laughs> allegedly is the news guy in me says, none of this. They were charged with it. Yeah, I mean... And look, just because they're talking about it doesn't mean anything's going to come of it. I mean, there there isn't anything right now that is the the end game. I mean, we don't see I I you could correct me if I'm wrong on this. Maybe you think differently. But at the end of this, they're not going to bring anybody up on charges. I don't I don't believe. Uh, no, I, they've already said that they're not going to, but they're going to uh, leave it up to actual prosecutors to decide once they've seen what they have to, to offer. So today, mm, 11 o'clock, I think, is when this starts. Cassidy Hutchinson, the uh, aide to former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, uh, who was a witness to many of these events and conversations, will testify publicly today. Again, I'm just, I'm spitballing here. This is usually somewhere in the, well, gosh, did they hold it around one o'clock last, last week? It was a little later in the day, I think. But today, as I understand it, the time hasn't been, it hasn't been uh, completely consistent during uh, the run. Uh, You know, obviously they started, they had that first one in prime time and then switched to morning. So they've, they've been all over the place. Today is expected to be a 1 p.m. Eastern. That's 11 o'clock local. Okay. All right. There's the word on that. We'll take your calls on this. Do you want to talk about the January 6th committee hearings and what you've heard so far? I'll take that call. I don't know that you want to talk about it. (laughs) There's some things that are coming out of that that are not good for former President Trump. Not good. Maybe you don't believe it and you want to talk about that. I'll take your call. 208-336-3700. 1-800-529-KBOI. You can hit us on your Verizon wireless at pound 670. Uh, if you want to talk about something else, that's okay, too. News at the top of the hour, and uh, we'll catch up on what's happening with today's weather. And again, it looks like it's going to be pretty hot. KBOI News Time is 8.58. Today from 10 to 1, it's Dan Bongino. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, here we go. Final hour of the program on a Tuesday, mm-hmm. 
It's already 80 degrees outside here in Boise on our way up to what we expect to be another 100-degree day. And we're taking your calls at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, or pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. I told you today's uh, hearing will center around a former White House aide to Chief Staff Mark Meadows. Uh, she'll be speaking at 11 o'clock today. That's when the, the whole thing gets going. Um, what she has to say is probably not going to be good for the president, uh, former President Donald Trump, because nothing that's happened during this commission has been good for uh, the former president. Yeah, they're not going to roll somebody out if they're nope. compl- complimentary. Nope. And if you're asking the, the question that I've been asking all along is, if there's not any charges at the end of this, why are they doing it? Is it just to ruin his reelection campaign? Perhaps. But remember, there are some Republicans that are a part of the commission. It's not just Democrats that are rolling this out. And I know that everybody wants to paint uh, the senator from Wyoming. Miss Cheney is a rhino. Uh, I wouldn't have ever said that about her dad, that's for sure. Um, and some of the other people that are on this commission. Well, there's the other school of thought. Which is? The other school of thought is that uh, traditional Republicans are the ones who aren't rhinos, and the rhinos are actually the ones, uh, starting about 2010, Tea Party, Trumpers, all mm-hmm. those different people. The you know the old school Republicans Those say, that might be conser- yeah, considered say, a little more on the extreme say, side? Say they think they're Republicans, but they're not. They're something else entirely. Well, that that is entirely possible as well, and of course we'll take your calls on, other, on that. On the other hand, some people can't be pigeonholed, you know? Cheney has said from the very beginning of this that she felt betrayed by the former president. And then he went right after her. And uh, did she even win her primary day in Wyoming? I don't know if she won or not. If she's even up on election day, she might be done. I will see. I'll have to look that up. In any case, we'll take your calls on uh, what is expected to happen today. Again, 208-336-3700, and Kevin in Caldwell, you're up first. Thanks for calling us this morning, Kevin. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Thanks and for your good call. Good to have you fill in. And I appreciate Mike, that. Rough, you know, rough week. It's good good to have somebody can fill in for him. Um, <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to play Trump's attorney, if you don't mind, on no. this whole thing. Go right ahead. That's in a new take. To, oh, and, and, and in regards to uh, Cheney, last poll I saw, she's, she is... Following, she's second in in the uh, primary polls, trailing by I think it was fifty six points. I got you. She has no chance. Um, anyhow, um, if she was a, a Republican, why isn't she demanding to see the one thing that has been deliberately and on purpose left out of this entire investigation? And that is, who is in charge of the security and the safety of the Capitol? The because one, the because they know who it was. Nancy, it wasn't Nancy, Nancy Pelosi. Pelosi. No, the Speaker of the House has no. nothing to do with Capitol security. That yes, has been... That, no, that is a myth. It is not the least bit true. The Capitol I, Police, I, the Capitol I, Police Chief is the one that's in charge of that. The Speaker of the House doesn't even get asked about it. I beg to differ, Chris. I've I've heard other uh, uh, people from back. Oh, I've heard people uh, say it too, but they're all full of crap. So why are any of why are all of her records and her phone calls and all that? Why are they off limits to the investigation? 
I don't think they even. I don't think they even want them. Supposedly, she. Well, of course they don't. It wouldn't prove their point. It would possibly incriminate the fact that maybe this is a setup. No, it, no wait a minute. Wait, prob- wait, 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 it wait. Probably, Kevin, it probably wouldn't. You're kind of all I over the place. I want to make sure I heard that correctly. Are you insinuating that Nancy Pelosi set up the Capitol attack so that she could have some, that she had some something to do with that? I mean, is that the accusation? I'm not insinuating anything. I'm okay. stating that she could have stopped the thing. And what I've learned is that she didn't. But what I can go on with is she set up this committee such that it would not have a single Republican to be there in defense of Donald Trump or to question these witnesses on the opposite viewpoints. She would not allow the Republican nominees to the committee. Period. They're not interested in opposite so viewpoints. Even, They're just interested in what are actually facts. Yeah. Well, That's the only thing they're dealing with. Committee. They don't want somebody to interpret what happened as opposed to just tell them. Well, it, it is an illegal committee because it is not set up the way that the rules say they're to be set up with nominees from both parties. By both parties. Yeah, there are, there are nominees on there of both parties, but they are not nominated by both parties. Well, I think it's the uh, the leader's of the house and senate that have the ability to appoint people from from either party to then, such commissions did you guys see the latest news did you see the latest news this morning which is oh it's kind of like one of these clinton conspiracies well i mean i've things. seen a lot of news this morning i just may not have seen the news that you're discussing by the but way please by the way whatever it whatever it is where did you see it uh daily mail largest uh media in the in the world um and a top story the head of the, what do they call him, the, like the, the Senate Sergeant of Arms, who supposedly is in charge of capital security, died today, yesterday. He's dead. Isn't that kind of ironic? He was supposed to testify, too. He was supposed to be somebody that was uh, involved in this thing, and now he's a dead man, and he wasn't very old. Hmm. It's terrible. I didn't know that. Kevin, thank you very much for the call today. And I, I hope yeah, you didn't I feel like You're I, I hope I didn't, you didn't feel like I was putting words in your mouth. That's really not what I was trying to do. I was just trying to make sure that I heard you correctly. That's all that was. But again, thank you very much yeah, for no the problem. call today. Phone line open for you right now at 208-336-3700 if you'd like to get in on this. The January 6th commission has been extremely unfriendly to President Donald Trump. I don't deny that in any way, shape, or form. I can also tell you there are no charges at the end of this. Nobody's being impeached. Nobody's being threatened with jail time that I'm aware of. Sounds like the Department of Justice did a pretty good job of going and raiding somebody's house last week that they had talked about. Um, But I can't speak to, to that end. All I know is what they are getting to in this is that Donald Trump had something to do with setting up the January 6th attacks, and they're going through as many pieces as they can to say, not only did he want it to happen, but that he had something to do with putting it all together or maybe lit the fuse that sent people down there, and here's why. That's how they're connecting the dots here. And that the woman that they have set to testify today 
was very close to everything that happened during the January 6th attacks in, in terms of she was around the president's chief of staff, may have been around the president, heard conversations, knew who was calling that day, and that's why they're calling her to testify. Tony, you're up next. Tony, thanks for calling us in Boise on News Talk KBOI. Okay, you're welcome. And my question is... Hey, uh, Tony, are you, have you got us on speakerphone right now? Yes, I do. Okay. Would you do me a favor and pick up your handset real quick so that we can hear you better? Maybe you can't do that. Can you hear us? All right, can you hear me now? I can hear you now. Thank you very much. That's a lot better. Sorry about that, man. Just okay. want to make sure that everybody hears what you have to say is all. Okay. All right. My question is, uh, if there's so much emphasis about um, oh, what Trump could have said, what he could have done to stop this and everything, okay, uh, they're, they're really pounding on that. My question is, let's pound on this question. Why can't uh, Biden do something, say something about all the illegal crossings and all this stuff that's going on on the border he can we know he can but he's letting it happen no different than what they're saying trump did am am i right or wrong you're uh, right you're wrong yeah i i don't there, think there's a huge difference between january 6th and the, and the southern border yeah. now i'm not going to say by any means that what's going on on the border should be happening i absolutely agree with you there should be border security is very important it's important to you, it's important to me, it's important to millions of people across this country. But what happened on January 6th, and what they're alleging, which is a coup attempt, not the same. Well, um, all I'm asking is, if they think Trump could have said something or done something, can't Biden say something or do something? Um both of those instances are wrong in, in, in a lot of respects, but let's let's look at it. Uh, come on, can President Biden? How do those how do those two things have anything to yeah, do I'm with not, each other? I'm not sure how we're connecting the dots and getting from one to the next. I'm sure President uh, Carter made uh, mistakes too, but what of it? If one should have said something, I think the other one should say something too. Okay. It, look, if you're asking me if if we think President Biden should do something about what's going on on the border, absolutely, we think he should be. I'm not. I'm not but, arguing but that the point, but I don't think the that two doesn't are, give somebody else a pass just because they didn't do something. <laughs> okay. All right. My well, I, I mean, how are they connected? What? Why are they equal? I mean, is that what you're you're telling me that one is as important as the other? They're, they're, they're doing against the law at, about, at the border. That, they're crossing. That's against the United States coming over here illegally. That's wrong. Our president should be doing something about it, as well as Trump should have been doing something about Okay, I, I'm following you. Uh, and I'm you're cutting out a little bit there, but I think I, I think I've got what you were trying to say. Thank you very much for the call today, and um, I, I think our our problem well, in, it, it in seems trying like, to get through that was you know 
I don't how know. are the two connected? Yeah, how are the two connected? What you're saying is, well, I don't think we should be necessarily, you know, criticizing what the last guy did if we're not criticizing everything the new guys do. I mean, I'm I'm willing to to follow you in long terms. Yeah, I wish the president of the United States would do something right now about what's going on at the border. I absolutely agree with that. But I don't I don't think that we're talking about a coup d'etat and allowing people across the border. I don't think it's right. I just don't think it's equal. That's all I'm saying. Phone line open for you at 208-336-3700. KBOI News Time is 918. Get 670 KBOI on Alexa. First say, Alexa, enable the 670 KBOI skill. Then when you want to listen, say, Alexa, open 670 KBOI. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. 921 News Talk KBOI Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper Chris Walton sitting over there and we're waiting for you to call us right now at 208-336-3700 few people are on hold and we will get to you directly the subject that we're at today we can change if that's what you want to do but right now we've got people that want to discuss what's going on with the January 6th hearing that's going to happen today it is featuring a White House advisor um, who was working with Mark Meadows or was an assistant to Mark Meadows, who was the chief of staff of the president during this entire fiasco, what happened at the Capitol. And she's going to testify today in front of the uh, commission. There is some taped information that you'll see but most of what they're going to do today is going to be live face to face with the commission and they'll pepper her with some questions um what she saw what she heard when she saw it and heard it who was calling in it's all going to be talked about today and we already know and so do you it's going to say a lot of the same thing the department of justice guy said last week which was the president was trying to overturn the election that there was nothing wrong with what happened during the election, but he was going to major steps to find something to do anything to overturn the election, including fire up a bunch of his followers and send them down to the Capitol and go look for Mike Pence or Nancy Pelosi. That's what they're going to show to her. That's the dots they're trying to connect. We're going to the phone. Paul is in Caldwell. Paul, thank you very much for calling today. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you. I'm well. What's on your mind? I'm not calling to defend President Trump about January 6th or to say that he did or didn't do anything wrong. What I'm calling to say is for years, Democrats have said that Republicans or Trumpsters would vote for President Trump, even if he punted a baby on a 50-yard line of a football field. Yeah. That sort of thing. Yeah, I remember the comment he made about, you know, Walking down Pennsylvania Avenue and shooting somebody in the middle of the day. I mean, Fifth Avenue, Fifth New Avenue. York. That's right. Yeah, I remember that. There you go. Yeah, not, not a not a smart thing to say, but we all know President Trump likes to run off at the mouth. Yeah. And uh, what I'm calling to say is, I don't care. I don't care what he did on January 6th. After years and years of being lied to by these rhinos and these Democrats about this Russian BS where Hillary Clinton and her camp are the ones that really did that, and she should be the one in hearings right now. I don't care about January 6th. Everything that's happening in this country right now for the last two weeks is because of President Trump, and thank God. 
You know, I, I, I realize that there were some things that happened with Hillary Clinton that were not okay. I realize not that. Okay. I, hey, I, I believe it. I believe it. And I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm, I can only say okay. so many things on the radio. <laughs> there are some things I can't say, my man. <laughs> so, yeah, I believe there was some, some stuff that happened there that uh, probably should have been looked at a little more carefully. Why it didn't? I don't have an answer to that, but I think there was. Well, I can tell you why. It's because Trump isn't a part of the elite political class. He's an outsider, and they never want an outsider to do this again. Well, that's possible. Well, yeah, not not this. That's possible. Um, no, they don't want a political outsider to be elected again. Period. Now that they've had one. Correct. Yeah, I can't speak to that. I can't speak to that. I, I'm, and I believe me, my man, Paul. I'm not saying you're wrong. Okay. All I know is what's going on with the January sixth commission has been pretty damning. It doesn't look good. But it, the end game, I still don't see any charges. I still don't see anybody doing jail time. Maybe, maybe I'll be wrong in the end. Maybe there'll be enough evidence and enough swell of public opinion that they've got to go and do something but i don't think the former president is going to be at the end of that and it'll be some other people that were underneath him maybe mark meadows is a guy that they're going after right now and that's why his aide is coming forward and saying hey i'm wiping my hands clean of anything these guys did or said or talked to or anything else i'll talk to you guys at the commission about what i saw and heard because i don't want you coming to get me afterwards maybe that's what it's about Right. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested to see what happens, Paul, and I appreciate your call today. Thank you very much. You take care. Thank you. Paul and Caldwell. Let's see, let's go to instant messages. This one's not signed. It says, Chris, I've heard it again and again. Trump says he offered 10,000 guard troops. There supposedly are records which confirm that, and records which confirm there was an obvious possibility of violence for that day. If Pelosi wasn't the one in charge of military protection that day, who was? And why did they turn down the military offered? And how could it be a coup by Trump if Trump offered the military to keep the Capitol protected? And why has the panel not questioned the FBI or Ray Epps? The only person who has confirmed that Trump offered any guard troops is Trump. Nobody else says that he did that. And it's not 10,000. He claimed it was 20,000. Nobody says that they got a call from Trump that day at all. They were trying to get hold of him. They were trying to get him to make some kind of a, uh, you know, a statement or, or to uh, bring in the National Guard, and nobody did. Uh, but again, it, it, wasn't, uh, it wasn't Pelosi that was in charge of security. The Speaker of the House and other Speakers of the House said that, too. Afterward, they said, no, we're, we're not in charge of security. That's not one of the jobs of the Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House does have lots of jobs. But they're not in charge of capital security. Not, not capital security. They've got there are people hired that that do that. And uh, I don't think you would want somebody that has a political tie to be in charge of security either. Uh, just me thinking out loud. I, I wouldn't want Nancy Pelosi to be in charge of that. Nor would I want anybody of the Republican Party in charge of that. That shouldn't be in charge of the security of the building. There should be people that do that. Jeff wrote in Jeff from Parma. 
and says, Kevin from Caldwell said that J. Thomas Manger, head of the U.S. Capitol Police at the time of January 6th, died mysteriously. He did not. No, it wasn't, it wasn't J. Thomas Manger. It was Michael Stenger, who was the sergeant-at-arms of the, the Senate, and he did die uh, yesterday. He passed away. He resigned as uh, sergeant-at-arms of the Senate on January 7th, 2021, the day after January 6th. Really? Hmm. Okay, uh, we'll take your calls at 208-336-3700, 1-800-529-KBOI, pound 670 on your Verizon wireless. Your calls, your instant messages when we come back from news. KBOI News Time is 929. Broadcasting from the Empire Title Studios, we are News Talk KBOI. It's 935 on News Talk KBOI. Rick Worthington in for Mike Casper this week. We will take your calls. We will take your instant messages. And I have a line for you right now if you want to jump on, 208-336-3700. Uh, I think this is the person who wrote before, didn't uh, sign their name, but says, I didn't get an answer. Who was in charge of the security? And why did you'd... they turn it down? I have seen excessive security per January 6th. This was supposed to be one of the largest crowds ever. Why did our unnamed official turn down security? And why do we know nothing about him, who he is, or why he refused troops? Please officially find out who made or makes the decision. Your audience would like to know. Okay, I'll tell you how it's supposed to work. There's only one person who can command the Washington, D.C. National Guard. That is the President of the United States. There is not a single person who, if the president says, I'm deploying the National Guard, can refuse it. They can't turn it down. And there's no reason for the president to ask anybody anyway. If he sees fit to send them in, he just does it. That's the answer. The National Guard was deployed several times in Washington, D.C. Um, certainly we saw that when there were riots going on. Um we did see some National Guard out, and I know, I want to say I know for sure it was the president that said bring him in, but I don't know for sure if that's the case. But we have seen National Guard over the last several years um, in Washington, D.C. I mean, specifically during the Trump administration. So I know that there is, you know, some grounds to have done that before. Jan in Boise writes in and says the callers are still brainwashed, even when you two state the facts. This country, I fear, is more divided than ever. Uh, Daniel says, has the format changed to one similar to the old Art Bell show? No, we, we don't talk about UFOs much. And well, they want to know about conspiracy theories. We've heard a lot of them on this show. Ron, yeah, we have. Ron from Meridian says, gentlemen and Nate. <laughs> not, yeah. <laughs> Meaning intended. Right. Uh, another wonderful day in the TV. A little warm, but still a great day to be alive. I have my popcorn and diet drink ready for this wonderful, new, exciting, so-called evidence. Burp, excuse me, LOL. Haven't watched a bit <laughs> of this worthless, biased Trump roasting. Ron from Meridian. It definitely is biased, and it definitely is Trump roasting. Well, okay, here's the deal. Uh, yes, they're basically they're, they're trying to... Their theory is that he was at fault, and they're trying to prove it. Yes, they are. In the same way that if they were an actual district attorney, they would be presenting a case that the person they think is guilty is guilty, and they wouldn't necessarily present that case 
by saying, okay, now that you've heard all the people who think he's guilty, let's bring in six or seven people that think he's not. Well, they that's, have... what, that's what the defense does. But in this particular case, this is just a report. This is just a hearing and a report. And it's like you said, they're not even going to draw a conclusion, I don't think. But they did give President Trump an opportunity to come in and testify, right? I believe I mean, they, he was I believe, offered I, a chance. I believe they offered it to him. And they he, offered he him a chance, down, and yeah. he said no. And they've offered several other people opportunities to come but, and testify, and they have see, said the, no. But a great number of those people feel that they don't want to dignify the whole thing by showing Correct. up for it. Correct. I get that. And, and so they won't testify no matter that. what. No, this is absolutely people who are not friendly to the Trump administration, yeah. some Republicans. Well, so far, all of those who have... Um, yes. All of those who have testified so far have been Republicans, and they set it up that way so that it would be Republicans telling the story. Got it. However, it is the Democrats asking the questions, with the exception of Liz Cheney and one other person. Right. John, thank you for calling us this morning on KBOI. How are you, John? Good. Good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you today? Well, I was a little irritated by the caller that started talking about Hillary Clinton. <laughs> you know... <laughs> I was always a fan of Hillary, and, uh, you know, I think they treated her wrong with that Vince Foster, all that. It, it's just ridiculous. But my the other thing is that, um, okay, on the security issue, if you watch the hearings, if these people that listen to this program watch those hearings instead of criticizing them and not watch it, if they watch them, they'll see that there was a timeline and – there was at the beginning there was no problem. You know, they said, Okay, do you want they said that Pelosi or whoever, do you want to bring security before this thing started? They said no because that that would be a bad image. And I understand that. Okay, after Trump gave his speech and the Proud Boys started going into the Capitol and they started breaking in, that's when they needed security. That's when they need the president to do something. And what did he do? He sat in there in the goddamn office Oh, easy now. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what he did. He was I, I realize TV. that, but on a radio show, you're not supposed to throw out, you know, I, uh, the, the big things like that. Okay, so I the, you're not supposed I, to I do the, the. I hit the button just so everybody knows. We, we you're not supposed to say the the, uh, the uh, genuine I, draft I, part I of MGD. <laughs> but but um, yeah, you, you know, this. I'll tell you the truth. I believe that Trump is the worst thing that ever happened to this country. He's destroyed the country. John, thanks very much for calling. We appreciate it. As is. Uh, policy here we have to hit the dump button i gotta send you down the road it's not what i wanted to do i realize you didn't mean to so i give you a pass i don't think everybody feels as you do though and i'm certainly no fan of hillary clinton so i think it's okay that you're a fan i'm not i i for one see just as many problems with Hillary Clinton being in office as I did with Donald Trump being in office, which is why I couldn't vote for either of them. Personally, probably don't like that either. But I was sort of an Evan McMullen fan back in 2016 myself. Well, I wasn't a fan of anybody that I was voting for. I voted uh, the Gary Johnson route, and I realized that that was wasting oh, a vote. Libertarian? Yeah. Yeah, I didn't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, I went, I went the other way. I couldn't, in good conscience, vote I, for Hillary, and I couldn't vote I didn't, for Donald Trump. Uh, I didn't want to vote but, for, for Johnson simply because when they were asking him about current events, he didn't know. Oh, he didn't. He didn't. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. And I realize it was a wasted vote, and I feel bad about it. But, you know, in the end, 
Donald Trump spent a very good portion of his candidacy calling people who were in the media a liar. And I took exception to that. I don't like being in the news or in the newsroom doing my best to tell people what's going on and being truthful about things that are going on and having somebody that I know is telling a lie telling everybody else that I'm a liar. I took exception to that. I couldn't vote for the man. That's me. I don't like things that happened. But I will pay attention to what's going on during today's hearing, the same as I paid attention to the other days that were happening in the hearing. I realize it's one-sided, and I'll take that into account. But I'll at least tell you what happened during the commission, and I'll tell it to you truthfully. That's my job. This one's not signed. It says, odd, I've never yet heard a Democrat or Liz Cheney ask Trump why he didn't send in the troops. If Trump could have sent them, why aren't they asking why didn't he? I have heard Russ Fulcher on your radio station say Pelosi is responsible for security at the Capitol. Okay, number one, the question I want to ask you is if you haven't heard a Democrat or Liz Cheney ask Trump why he didn't send in the troops, have you been watching any TV stations that allow Democrats or Liz Cheney to speak on them, first of all? Uh, because I've heard it a ton of times. If uh, Trump could have sent them, why aren't they asking why didn't he? They are asking why didn't he? And yes, you heard Russ Fulcher on this radio station say Pelosi was responsible. I asked him during the commercial, how did he know that? And he said, that's what I heard. Jeff in Napa, thanks for calling us on KBOI today. How are you, Jeff? Jeff, are you there? You know what? I hit the wrong button. That's my fault. Jeff, hi. Thanks for calling today. How are you? Hello. Thank you very much for calling. So I think that um, the uh, Speaker of the House um, is in charge of the Capitol Police uh, via the Sergeant of the Arms, the one that got fired right after the The insurrection. The Speaker of the House goes through the Senate Sergeant Arms? Uh, I believe they have their. They both have their own sergeant or darts. Okay. There is a, and Muriel Bowser has the de facto uh, governor of the District of Columbia has the authority to activate the National Guard because the National Guard is a state organization as opposed to a federal organization. Not the D.C. National Guard. Uh, any National Guard. There's a Maryland National Guard, there's a Virginia National Guard, and there's a D.C. National Guard. And the D.C. National Guard doesn't answer to any governor. Uh, I believe that as the de facto uh, governor of D.C., she would also have a say. Be that as it may, if all of these people had the advance warning, the tweet that keeps getting brought up in every hearing, come to Washington, it's going to be wild. Um, there's more people that, and I'm not saying Donald Trump is right, don't get me wrong, but there were more people that had had advanced knowledge of this that um, that didn't do anything. Well, are you saying, though, are you saying, though, that with advanced notice that there would be a lot of Donald Trump fans that they should have assumed that uh, there was going to be violence? Well, if you're going to use the tweet indicating that, you know, and... We've all watched the hearings. They bring that tweet up. You know, that was his his siren call to come to Washington, D.C., and they're going to use it as 
that was a predicate for the violence, they also saw that tweet. They also knew. And there's plenty of blame to go around. Oh, yeah. Again, well, if you're going to blame the people who didn't uh, act on the, you know, what they didn't know for sure was going to happen, then I suppose, yeah, there is plenty of blame. Well, Jeff, here's the thing. You and I are on the same page here. There was plenty of indication that there was something going on just up the street from the Capitol. And there was already plenty of talk that we're going to march on the Capitol after we're done hearing what the President of the United States has to say. We all knew that was going to happen. Everybody knew they were going to go from where the speeches were taking place, that there was going to be a march to the Capitol. Now, if I'm anybody that's involved in security, if I'm anybody that has a title, I might have asked, hey, are we going to have a little bit more security considering the thousands of folks that are going to be marching up this way that are not very happy with the election results? I would have asked that question, wouldn't you? Yeah, you're right, you would, Jeff, because you're smart. Chris would have asked. Even Nathaniel would have asked. But see, the assumption, since nobody had ever done it before, the assumption was not that they were going to try to get into the sure. Capitol chamber. Sure, I, I agree. Nobody... The assumption was they were going to show up at the Capitol yes. and have a rally. Yes. And rallies don't have to end with people breaking into the building. You're not wrong about that, and I'm not saying you're wrong. All I'm saying is that if I was going to be in the Capitol that day, knowing there was thousands of angry folks outside, I might have just said, you know what, do we have a little more security here today? Maybe it's necessary. I would have thought that. We can't overlook the, the, the year prior. There was no such thing as a peaceful demonstration. Everything... If everything involved destruction. Yeah, there was a lot of that, wasn't there? I don't think that's wrong. Hey, Jeff, thank you very much for calling today. Thanks. Thank you. Look, I'm not pointing fingers at who's right and who's wrong, and I'm not looking at folks that were demonstrating that day and saying, everybody there was a crook. Not saying that. I'm just saying if I was involved in security that day, knowing what was going on inside the Capitol and the uh, general displeasure with all the folks that were going to be marching out there that day, it might be a good idea to have some more people here. I don't know if that's what was said and that's what happened. I'm just saying there wasn't enough based on what we know what happened. That's all. Okay. However, like I said, in the entire history of the U.S., nobody had stormed the Capitol during a a protest before. Oh, yeah? Um, You're not wrong. You're not wrong, The British did during the War of 1812. That was a different matter. That was a slightly different matter. some things that burned that day. We were also at at war. Yeah, there was that. All right, KBOI Newstime. It's 949. Ben Shapiro this afternoon at 1. Now back to Mike Casper and Chris Walton. This is Casper and Chris, live and local on News Talk KBOI. All right, guys, we're about to the end of the program today. But before we get out of here, we've got one more caller. We're going to jump to it. Tom in Napa, thanks very much for calling. What can we do for you, Tom? Yeah. John, John from Napa. John, I'm sorry. Yeah, it's okay. Uh, You keep saying that this has never happened before, and you're right. It hasn't happened on January 6th before. But it's the same exact Antifa people that were there on January 6th that were there in August trying to burn down the Capitol church building. 
and they know that because they have face recognition of it. It's interesting that the people inside the Capitol building were sorted out, and only those that were deemed to be considered Trump supporters were the ones that arrested. All the rest of them were allowed to go. No, that, that's and, not that's not true. That is, that is true. No, it's not. That is uh, very true. No, it's but, not. It's not true that, at all. It is. No, you're you're reading that's bad exactly information. In fact, it's and, and who are time. they, by the way, the ones with the face recognition? Anti, oh, uh, FBI. Oh, okay. The FBI has a lot of information. And they, they didn't like Trump either, so they're not going to divulge that. So the whole thing was a setup? Yes. No. No, no, no I don't yeah. think that's that's, 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 that's pretty ridiculous, no but... They were going to riot no matter who was going to be president. They did it in 2016. To, to, they, they thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. They thought Hillary Clinton was going to win. They were going to riot and make Trump supporters look bad. She lost. Yeah, because there's anyway. no way he'd look bad on his own, right? Well, they're going to have. Not, I, I didn't. They didn't give him the chance. <laughs> they just jumped in there and were going to yeah. make it happen for him. Pretty good this time, and, though. And what? So he did pretty good he did, this time, I think though. He did great, yeah. We got we got uh, the the abortion thing rescinded. We got gun rights that are, that we get to keep, and and it's going to go on and on. We're gonna we're gonna w- actually win this thing, and it's all going to be because of Donald Trump. Well, the, there was some like very effective things that Trump did during his presidency. I thought the end of his presidency in the election and how the transition to power went was pretty ugly. It wasn't. It wasn't Donald Trump's problem. It was their angst against him. Well, That's listen, I, Tom, I, I wish I had more time to talk John. to you because I, I, I'd love to go yeah. through the John. You're right. I'm sorry. It says yeah. Tom on my screener. I'm I'm blaming Nathaniel on that one. Yeah, do that. Now thank you. Get it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> thank you yeah, very much. Guys. We appreciate yep. your call today. And we'll try to do better again tomorrow. We'll see you again on Wednesday. KBY News Time 956.